Hi, it's Nina. Today we're going to be talking about the story we read in the last part of this episode, The Lottery by Shirley Jackson. You should listen to that part first, but in case it's been a while, here's a quick recap of everything that happened before we jump in. Enjoy! Last time, on a break from reality. The morning of June 27th was clear and sunny, with the fresh warmth of a full summer day. Bobby Martin had already stuffed his pockets full of stones, and the other boys soon followed his example, selecting the smoothest and roundest stones. The lottery was conducted by Mr. Summers. Already? he called. Now I'll read the names, heads of family first, and then the man will come up and take a paper out of the box. Keep the paper folded in your hand without looking at it until everyone has had a turn. Who is it? Who's got it? Is it the Dunbars? Is it the Watsons? It's the Hutchinsons. It's Bill. Bill Hutchinson's got it. You didn't give him time enough to take any paper he wanted. I saw you. It wasn't fair. Be a good sport, Tessie. All of us took the same chance. Bill, Mr. Summers said, you draw for the Hutchinson family. There's Bill Jr. and Nancy and little Dave and Tessie and me. Mr. Graves had selected the five slips and put them in the box. Remember, Mr. Summers said, take the slips and keep them folded until each person has taken one. Harry, you help little Dave. Nancy next. Bill Jr. Tessie. Bill. And Bill Hutchinson reached into the box and felt around, bringing his hand out at last with a slip of paper in it. The crowd was quiet. It's Tessie. Show us her paper, Bill. It had a black spot on it. All right, folks, Mr. Summer said. Let's finish quickly. The pile of stones the boys had made earlier was ready. Tessie Hutchinson was in the center of a cleared space by now, and she held her hands out desperately as the villagers moved in on her. It, it isn't fair. A stone hit her on the side of the head. It isn't fair. It isn't right. And then they were upon her. So, how did you... Did you like the story? Did you like the ending? <laughs> I thought it was a really cool ending because of how the rest of it was set up, especially because of the title. When you hear something like the lottery, right? You hear yeah. lottery and you're like, let's get a million dollars. Yeah. I'm going to get a gazillion dollars. <laughs> wow, we're just going up. I'm going to get a million dollars, but then this subverts your expectations because it's something horrible and this lady gets stoned. Yeah. I think... I think I wasn't expecting this type of story when I read the title of the lottery. Yes. Because yeah. we kind of, we chose this story without actually reading it the full way through. We just saw the title and we were like, this is, some, this is something we want, maybe want to read on the podcast. So we chose it and then we read it afterwards. And I think I was expecting it to be something related to the actual, like the lottery lottery and not something like this. I thought the choice from the author to stone Mrs. Hutchinson at the end was very interesting. What did you think about that? Like, stoning as compared to, like, 
another form of public like hanging, yeah, or hanging, something. or like not hanging because that would mean death. No, but stoning but, also means death. But stoning is a lot more visceral, you know. But stoning doesn't necessarily mean death, does it? You don't. Most you can, of the time, I think it means death. Right? Okay, I guess you're you right. Don't I guess you're right. Stone someone. To I don't know how stoning them. works. I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure you. I'm pretty sure you kill them, but. Compared to hanging, hanging is horrible, but like, but stoning is passionate, man. It's the whole town getting involved yeah. to kill you, not just one dude pulling the lever. Yeah, it, it's everyone. It's something, you're right, it's something visceral. It's something, yeah. like, stunning. Not Animal. stunning, that's the wrong word. It's, some, it's something that's very morbidly surprising. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'd say so. And it's kind of interesting how they... It's like it's like the Hunger Games, right? Yeah, yeah, I'd say where so. they choose someone to enter the Hunger Games yeah. um, from each district, but this time, it's like a scapegoat for their yeah, like their town's well-being, which is uh-huh. terrible. Yeah, I was gonna say that's something they sort of referenced in the story because they're talking about good crops and stuff. Yeah, they never yeah. explicitly say it. Mm-hmm. That stoning this person will lead to good crops, but it's very heavily implied in it's how Im- they're yeah. talking about that. It's implied that if, that if they don't keep the tradition, mm-hmm. then the town is going to fall apart. Yeah. And it, it kind of, you can see that their approach, their way of thinking is like backwards mm-hmm. and like archaic compared to other towns. Because they talk about how other towns have like stopped doing it and they like... They talk about how they disapprove of other towns yeah. stopping doing mm-hmm. it, even though it's like this incredibly horrific way of life. Yeah. But they seem still stuck to their tradition and their way of life, which is something that's a whole, it's a whole other discussion in its entirety. But we can yeah. touch on it a little bit. Yeah, so I was going to say some stuff about the history of this story, because I think it connects yeah, to what yeah. you're saying we looked a that lot. up earlier. So, as you guys know, this story was written by Shirley Jackson, and she was inspired to write this story because of some stories her husband showed her about ancient humans and how they would do human sacrifice. But what's really interesting is that she wrote this story 1948, and that was a time right after World War II when mm-hmm. everyone wanted to go back to tradition since they just came back from the war. But Shirley had recognized that tradition wasn't always good, especially when you were blindly following it, just like the people used to when they did yeah. human sacrifice. And I think that's yeah. what she wanted to say in this story. And a it, bit. and it and it makes sense that there was such of a there's such a backlash against her mm-hmm. um, and the magazine that published this story because people it's it's the normal reaction that human beings have when they're so stuck on this one way and then someone like throws a grenade at their beliefs and now they they just don't want to believe them entirely but it's it's those people those people that are brave enough to I think throw that grenade are the ones who reveal to the world like what's actually happening yeah, I wanted to touch on that. So, when this story was originally published in The New Yorker, subscriptions were cancelled, and they actually received a lot of hate mail from people right after the story was published. 
yeah, like I said, that makes sense. Especially, I think what Jackson was implying, or maybe I'm thinking, maybe I'm thinking too deeply about this, but World War Two was a lot about just blindly following this ideology of the Nazis and of, you know, Hitler, and I'm not going to get into that, but I think the fact that Americans were going back to the sense of we can't, you know, think about anything else, we have to do what we did before, it's kind of telling them that they're being hypocritical. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that, that is one of the main reasons World War II happened. Yeah. And I think one thing that's made this story such a lasting thing is that's a universal message that it even applies today. Mm-hmm. Like wanting to go back to tradition, wanting to stick with the, um, I'm not going to say any certain political candidate slogan, but um, ah. I yeah. think it applies. <laughs> it does apply. And yeah. it's, it's terrifying to yeah. think of that some people are so stuck in their way of life, their yeah. way of thinking, that just anything that disrupts that is automatically, you know, wrong. Especially with, I think they showed that in the story really well with Old Man Warner. Mm-hmm. Because they would bring up other stories. And he's been doing this lottery for, I think he says, over 70 times. I don't understand how that works, though. Like, how do you, how do you watch some, like, innocent person get stoned? Because you believe it's good. You believe it's a good thing. You believe it's helping. And that's the extreme of it. Yeah. That's, that's the extreme. You were so stuck in your ways, you were willing to watch people die oh, for 70, 70 years. Times. Oof, man. That's, that's a lot of times. That's a lot of that's death like, no. to see and to still believe that what you're doing is right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we touched on this a little earlier, mm-hmm. but this idea of a scapegoat, this idea that if in the story, um, mm-hmm. in the story, I'll give a reference to that. It's the idea that if you stone someone once a year, your crops will be good, your town will thrive, yeah. your people will live long lives. But that's not how that, that's not how that works. Yeah, <laughs> and that's and that's an idea that I think has lasted. You're right for so long. This idea yeah. of a scapegoat that if we blame this one person, if we blame this one race, if we blame this one group of people, yeah then everything is fine. We don't have to blame ourselves. I feel like that's especially an important message after World War Two. specifically. Yeah, you're right, you're right. I think that was definitely really, it really hit home to people because with Germany, it was this new thing. Like, oh, we're now saying that they're the problem. But this was, we're blaming t- people and it's based off tradition. You're right. And yeah. it was turning that um, villainy on the American people you're right, and yeah. I think people probably didn't like being compared to Nazis, but you know that is a comparison <laughs> a to be made. Yeah, it, and I think it was a comparison that needed to be made, yeah. no matter how much people didn't want to hear it yeah. or read it. It's something that needed to be talked about and said. And I think Jackson did a very good job of portraying that in a story with its barbarity and also portraying how nonchalant people were about it. Yeah. Because sure. in the entire story, there's people are laughing. There's this undertone of unsettling something's going to happen. But, but people are for casual. For the most part, yeah, you're right. People are casual about it. There's this uh, this one family, I don't remember the name, 
but it was in the part that I read where she was saying, oh, I was doing my dishes, and I saw the kids yeah. outside, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's January 27th, or the 27th, or whatever, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, that, you, they know about this. Yeah. They've seen this happen, and somehow... And it's just part of life. It's just part of life for them. That's scary. This one has real-world implications. Yeah. And it's kind of revealing something about our society and our way mm-hmm. of thinking that I think we need to hear at all times in history, not just after World War II, which was when this was written. Yeah. So, moving on a little bit from the history, what did you... So we talked about World Old Man Warner. Yeah. What did you think about Mrs. Hutchinson? I think that a big point with Mrs. Hutchinson was that she obviously didn't want to be chosen. And yeah, that and moment her husband was chosen, she was just like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. It, like You're right, that moment when her family was chosen, yeah. she was the one who repeatedly kept saying, this is a mistake, something's wrong, yeah. something is, this is, this is, this happened the wrong way. Yeah. I feel like she knew You know what's in interesting, though? That, yeah. I think it's crazy that she never says the lottery is wrong, she says you didn't give them enough time to pick the card. Exactly. Even though her family's the one chosen, she doesn't think something's wrong with this system. She thinks it's like a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's that oof. Yeah. That's Wait, that's that's a part. very good That was a very good catch. That's a oof. oof. Because someone who is about to get implicated in this terrible thing, who's about to get who yeah. knows she's about to get chosen and like stoned and die. Or at least um, someone in her family. Someone in her family, at least. Yeah. But she still is not blaming the system. Yeah. Because it's so ingrained in her mind that she still is going to think and say that it's a mistake with how the system was, imp- how the system was applied. Yo, and not- wait. This is a crazy connection. And I might be going off the wall. And could you draw a parallel to... Again, wild capitalism and how we love this system, we adore this system, and the people at the bottom are just like crushed by the system. But we're like, but a lot of times people say, oh, it's those people's fault for being lazy. It's not uh, the system. If they just got a job. Bringing in a push. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. If they just got a job, if they just weren't lazy, if they left their mom's basement or whatever. You're right. They I... would do good. If they just worked hard, they could climb to the top. I see that connection the, a little bit. Not not the lottery part of it, but just blindlessly blind faith in a system and idolizing it and not seeing its faults sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's also yeah, you're right, actually. That has that's another um implication of this story along with just yeah. the the fact that a scapegoat it does not solve your problems. Um and you can apply this to a lot of things, especially you're right, capitalism you can apply it to, I can't think of something right off the top of my head, but there's a lot, a of, lot of things. A lot of yeah. things. And a lot of mentalities. People, yeah. for instance, believing the earth is not round. Mm-hmm. Um, they're so stuck in their ways. It's, it's so hard for them to imagine that they could be wrong. Yeah. Another thing that I think was interesting was um, Mr. Summers. Mm-hmm. the one who ran the lottery, because I think he's a really good representation of the evil yeah. in the town. He's the one running the lottery. He's the one who's really, really casual about it. 
was like, hey, Bob. <laughs> How's it going, Bob? <laughs> Jim. Jim. And I think, sure, I think Jackson really understands how to write villains that are unsettling in that way, even when they're nice. Because for you guys who don't know, she actually has a background in horror. She wrote The Haunting of Hill House and We've Always Lived in the Castle. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just really important. Not important, but I think it's really cool how she has this guy who just represents the lottery. You know, yeah. he's the official of the lottery. He represents... He represents it. the head of the system. Exactly. And sometimes how the head of the system is not the only... Is not the one at fault. It's the system... Exactly. Like, overall. It's not just him. It's everyone around him supporting him, too. Mm -hmm. You know what I just... Oh, no. Sorry for everyone who's already made me, heard me make one reference to A-Push, but political machines. Wait, how? <laughs> I need you to break this one down for me. There's one person at the top. Oh, okay, but I feel and, like... And, and, everyone benefits from it. All the people in this system don't want to break the system of corruption because they benefit from it. But the thing is, right, in that case, they did benefit from it because, like, ward bosses were giving them jobs and precinct yeah. captains were, like, giving them housing and that kind of stuff. And here, they're, they're getting good fun. But, but in this story, it's a little different because it's not actually the that's sacrifice. True. That's, that's true. It's not actually the stoning that's getting them the benefits. It's just this idea, this mentality that they have that the stoning is going to get them that's true. benefits. Yeah. So, like... Yeah. I'm I'm surprised that like in the seventy whatever how many years they've done this, there hasn't been a single like winter that the crops died and they questioned the system even a little bit. You know? Well, you know what could have happened because sometimes that happens is they just go, maybe the person who got chosen wasn't good enough or something. You're right. You know what yeah. I mean? Then there, there's yeah. always a way to justify things. You're right. You're right. And that's you know? there's always a way to justify things. Is yeah the line that yeah. makes these types of mentalities so dangerous. Like, um, earlier, before we started this, you were talking about how everyone was really obsessed with how the lottery went, how before the lottery official mm -hmm. used to have to sing and do things. Mm -hmm. I think that's part of it, because they could be, they could say, oh, you know, the official, he was a little lax this year, maybe that's why it didn't yeah. do good. Last year he sang, this year he didn't sing. And it didn't rain. We gotta sing again. Yeah. You know, there's always a way that you can pin it on not the system. I think, and this is just me and things that I've thought about and that I've heard people say, but the way to, I think, break out of this system, or at least not be blindly following it, is to be educated yeah. about what's actually happening. And then actually be educated enough to question whether what's happening is morally correct. Yeah. And in this case, I don't know if I don't know if people understand that. that stoning someone is not gonna make the gods happy and like yeah. get them rain and like crops and stuff. Yeah. And it's that like education, that like intricacies of like knowing yeah. that that connection is not how things work. Yeah. And then having a conscience enough to question yeah. that stoning someone every year is not the way to run a town. Yeah. 
And also the bravery to face people like Lord Man Warner who don't want to change in their yeah. beliefs. And to be able to say, no, I think something should change. Yeah. If you truly believe that. Yeah. And that's, and that's the way, well, that's the way, like, tyranny and, like, yeah. these types of... It was people learning and then uh-huh. questioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Learning and questioning is the way to break out of the mold. Yeah. So, I wanted to close out on a quote from Jackson, and it's about the letter she got after the story was published. So she said, The general tone of the early letters, however, was a kind of wide-eyed, shocked innocence. People at first were not so much concerned with what the story meant. What they wanted to know was where these lotteries were held and whether they could go there and watch. What? Yeah. What? Ah! And I don't know, but I feel... I, I can totally believe that. I can, I, me too. Like, I don't know if any of you guys have sat around the junior tables and have seen those days when, like, there's a fight or something and all people want to do is watch. Yeah, nobody wants to get involved. That's... People getting their phones out and just watching. That's... Ah. Not stopping things. Just watching. And that kind of proves the mentality of they don't want anything to change. They just want to see it go down. Yeah. Wow. After World War II, I feel like there was a lot of anti-outsider yeah. mentality. So that so this idea that they that this town had a scapegoat, that they just did this thing once every year and then life yeah. was good for them. At some level, some terrible, horrifying level, they it appealed to them. Yeah, because I mean, it's a spectacle, right? People want to go see. That's why people run in and go see the fights, because they want to watch. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's I think a good that's, place that's to stop. we're going to end off, you guys. Well, that was a little pessimistic near the end, but I hope it gives you guys the inspiration to not be like that, to get educated and to question things. Yeah. So you're not one of those people, you know? Yeah. So, as always, um, if you guys want to... Recommend us a story. Mm-hmm. You can go to bit.ly slash breakfromreality. No capitals, no spaces. Just leave us a story. Or if you guys have any comments for us, um, comments you have about previous stories, anything like that, just drop it on by. Yeah, and then maybe we'll talk about it in the next episode if we think it was something that was really something that we should have talked about in the last episode. Yeah. Um, this has been Trisha and Nina. That was a Break From Reality. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.